Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on VSIN. And we begin our number two of the Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM. Dave Ross alongside Michael Lombardi. And Michael, I thought the big news when it came to money today would be the big news in college football. And by the way, we're going to have Amal Shaw at the end of this hour to discuss college football and some of the, the top five teams that Amal sees out there in the college football landscape. Kirby Smart was announced earlier today. He got a big-time deal, 10-year deal, worth a total of $112.5 million, making him one of the highest-paid coaches in college football. But then the Kyler Murray news that we just brought to you before we went to break there, that the Cardinals, according to Adam Schefter, are giving Kyler a five-year extension. They're going to keep him there in Arizona uh, for at least six more years. Years. It's a $230.5 million deal that includes a $160 million guaranteed per source. That's the key, per source. Who's that source? It gives Murray the second highest paid quarterback average at $46.1 million per year. So that's the big news today now in the NFL because there are tentacles, as you and I discussed briefly. Lamar Jackson's trying to get a new deal. I'm sure other top flight quarterbacks that clearly think they're better then Kyler Murray are talking to their agents today going, oh, okay, well, he's getting that. Get, that's wonderful news for me because I, we can reset the market now if this is the money they're going to give Kyler Murray. Now, you look at the NFC West as a whole, and Matthew Stafford, yes, they won the Super Bowl. Kudos to the Rams. He did lead the league in INTs last year. We know the Niners right now are, I'd say, in tumult at the quarterback position. It looks like they want to give the keys to Trey Lance, but Jimmy G is still in the fold. He's now available possibly for trades. And the Seahawks, I don't know exactly what they're doing at the quarterback position with Drew Locke. Uh, certainly with, with Pete Carroll there, are, are they done in that quarterback room with Geno Smith? I don't know. But what do you make initially? Because this Kyler Murray news, it feels like, at least from the outside looking in, that they think that they're settled. And now we're good, and now we got Kyler Murray happy. And a happy Kyler Murray, maybe a 4-1, to one, people might, might change their opinion and win the division this year. Do you, do you take it that, to that step? No, I don't take it at all that way. I mean, I wouldn't be happy at all. I'd be miserable. I, I mean, first of all, somebody turn on the tape against the Rams. Can we please do that? Mm. Big game, playoff game. Got to play great. Great players play great in playoff game. He's 19 for 34 for a buck 37. He throws two picks. Why? Because they rush him the right way. He can't see. 
I mean, he can't see. He's the mayor. He's the he can't see over the lineman. Now, when he can get out in space and he can go beep beep and run around, great, love it. But that's not playoff football. That's not what happens. You got this Seattle bad defense. Poor. I mean, I I can only imagine what my man. Ken Norton Jr. is thinking today, he said, we held him to 150 yards passing, and he just got $46 million and I got fired mm. with a bad team. <laughs> like, I don't think it's going to affect the quarterback market as much as you think it is because most of these guys are done. It's going to affect, it's going to affect Russell Wilson, who's going to say, look, I've won a Super Bowl. I'm better than Watson. I'm as close to Rodgers as you can get. I need to be paid $50 million a year, $51 wow. million, whatever. Okay? So he, he's over here. Who else is it going to affect? Lamar, and that's it, right? Lamar, that's it. It's just Lamar. That's the only quarterback it's going to affect. All these other guys, Lance is on a rookie contract. Lawrence is on a rookie contract. Now, Joe Burrow, he's due to make money, but that's going to be a down the road. Right. You know, so those contracts, the reason you give these contracts out is because here's the biggest mistake nobody will talk about about the Cardinals. is They haven't built the team around the quarterback when he was on a cheap contract. And now when they had the rules in their favor, two more years of cheap contracts, they go ahead and turn the money over to the guy. Like, how isn't that mismanagement? You need it. Your team stinks. And now you've eaten, you've given this guy all the cap money. You've given him all the cap money, and you don't have a really good team. I mean, well, we got a good team. We were in the playoffs. Okay, J.J. Watt, can he stay healthy? You lost Daniel Jones. Who's replacing him? Right? Your offensive line has been a disaster since forever. D.J. Humphreys is your left tackle. Good luck, right? Hopkins is out six games. You mm-hmm. bring A.J. Green back. He couldn't separate from anybody last year, right? So you trade for Hollywood Brown. Okay, great. All right, great. Now we're just building the, you know, we're going to have the, 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 we're in Munchkin land. we got a bunch of little guys. I, so for me, it's like you never took advantage of the one virtue that you had with Murray, which was build the team, which is what Philadelphia is doing. Say whatever you want about Jalen Hurts. Say whatever you want about them. Philly's building their team. If Hurts can't play, they just put a better quarterback in, they'll be a better team. They're taking advantage of Hurts' contract. They're not in any rush to go pay him $50 million. Not at all. And, again, the win total for the Cardinals this year is eight and a half. The Again, four to one to win. How about win. that? How about that? Can mm. you imagine that? It, it just, if you paid attention to Vegas – if you and obviously when I was in the league I didn't, but if I ever went back in the league, which I'm not, <laughs> I would pay attention because the, those analysts and those uh, they're saying that he doesn't tilt the field. Right. That would... eight and a half. Now you just paid him, and and you're going to be an eight and a half nine win team, and they'll start fast. They always do. And then they but fade. When, but no, they don't fade when. Good coaches, and this is, I have to underline this, when good coaches understand how to play him, keep him in the pocket, make him play quarterback, make him play to his size, force him to be back there, don't let him have any throws, get your hands up, rush the tackles inside, get into the paint, right? Don't worry about running up the field. Don't, mm-hmm. don't be thrown past him. Don't let him escape. All of a sudden, game over. I look at Arizona, and again, they did win 11 games last year. And that is, boy, you mentioned it with Vegas, right? We're out here in Vegas. And you see eight and a half for a team that won 11 games last year. I mean, they are telling you. And again, you see here, you can get plus money nine and a half at, at uh, Benham Gym. And some other places, you can see it as low as eight and a half. There's all totals out there on this Cardinal team, whether or not we think they might implode. Some people, maybe they're higher. Again, if you think they can get to 10 wins, you can get plus money at plus $1.35 for an 11 win team a year ago. 
What am I missing in this division, Michael? Because I keep looking at this, and I go, Cardinals 4-1. to one. Seattle is a long shot to win this division. The Niners, you can't even give me 2-1. to one. And I can still get plus money with the Rams. Is it is it consternation over the hangover, the malaise, the general malaise of winning a Super Bowl? Because to me, at plus money, I almost feel like it's just too good to pass up on the Rams when I look at the, the rest of the division and go, who do I trust if it's not the Rams? Well, I, that's a great question. I mean, we know Seattle's, you know, you ask about their quarterback situation. Nobody really knows. I can't imagine John Snyder spent his summer vacation not worried about his quarterback. I just can't imagine. I don't know if you could go on vacation with that quarterback. But <laughs> I, I, think the, I think when you look at the Cardinals, let's just take them. You know, like they're not a team. They have three, you know, three of their offensive linemen are over 30 years old. They recircled Justin Pugh, Rodney Hudson, guys that, that are on cap casualties, right? So, you know, Zach Ertz is a nice tight end. Is he going to be able to stay healthy? I don't know. They got a good year out of James Conner when he was cheap. Now they paid him. Can he stay healthy? But to me, defensively is where I'm most concerned. I'm most concerned defensively. Can they hold up in the secondary? Where are they going to replace Chandler Jones's ability to rush? Marcus Golden? Yeah, I mean, could J.J. Watt stay healthy? I Hasn't mean, think about it, it David. Yeah. Did anybody pay attention at the end of the year? I mean, I think Vance Joseph did a wonderful job, but at the end of the year, people were running the ball and throwing the ball on him. I mean, Indianapolis threw for a buck to, with Carson Wentz back there. You know, they threw for two twenty against them. Yeah, I, you know, the Lions. The Lions beat them for, with two twelve. Oh, they beat, I mean, beat the brakes off them too. Yeah, and that's the thing. So, like some of their losses, they look non-competitive in, in, in certain. Like the Lions game. They're non-competitive. The Rams playoff game is a terrible look as a way to end oh, the season. Oh, it's a horrible look. I mean, they, they beat the Bears, and, and the Bears turned the ball over four times in the game. Right. The, I mean, if, and they only and, the, and they barely beat the Bears. They were trailing I in mean, the fourth quarter, yeah. You know, your Cowboys laid down on them. Your Cowboys, you know, had a chance to make some plays, and they turned the ball over. Mm-hmm. But to me, it's, it's – and the Cowboys didn't rush them the right way. Like, you've got to rush him the right way. Like, you have got to rush him down the middle, keep him in the pocket, and say, okay, beat me. Sanford, they beat San Francisco 17-10 to 10 in a game in San Francisco at home, you know, and that was one of those games where he wasn't quite healthy. He didn't really throw the ball. Sanfrancisco turned it over. Lance had a play. Well, let's, let's, let's look at it another way here for a second. And now that Kime, Kingsbury, they've made this commitment, Right. So now what is it about Cliff Kingsbury that said, he said it before he took the job. He said, look, if I was ever an NFL head coach and I had the number one pick in the draft, I would take Kyler Murray. Then he becomes the head coach of the Cardinals. They get the number one pick in the draft and he follows through and he drafts Kyler Murray. So now you're saddled. You said it, man. You put it out there in the ether that this is the guy you want. You now have the guy and it looks like in perpetuity you have this player. So now what? What has Cliff Kingsbury got to do to show that what he said would make sense going forward? Well, I mean, what he's got to do is win. He's got to prove that the quarterback can throw from the pocket because that statement is great when it's loose plays, when he can run around, when the play breaks down and, 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 and the defensive end runs past and he can go out and break contain. But remember this. Remember this very clearly. Buddy Ryan said it. I quote it all the time. There is a place in football for the little man. It's just not in front of the big man. <laughs> so here you are. You're Steve Kime. You're holding your breath every time because at 5 feet 10, when he gets tackled and we know he gets hurt, he doesn't play very good when he's hurt. 
and Vegas is telling you eight and a half wins with a with the second highest paid quarterback, no chance. You know, Buddy Ryan. They're not even a good team. That's what drives me crazy is they've done a bad job of building the team around the quarterback when he was on a rookie contract. I look at it and I go, man, Cliff Kingsbury, you, you put your neck out there. This is the guy you said you wanted, you got, and now they re-upped him. I mean, man, it's it's win time. Like, if this is what you want, this is what you say you want, this is what you need to be successful as an NFL head coach. And by the way, Cliff Kingsbury didn't have a whole lot of success in college. And so a lot of people think he failed up to get an NFL head job, and now he's got the guy, and that's the way you go out. Yeah, kudos, you made the, the postseason. We'll give you that. But boy, oh boy, this is going to be a very interesting year in the desert because if it falls apart and you just paid him that kind of money, Michael, this could be a very interesting season for the Arizona Cardinals. And I'm not necessarily saying in a positive way. Whew. Okay, when we come back, let's delve deeper into the NFC East. And I may mention this with, with the DOC, Rick Doc Walker. No team has repeated in the NFC in almost two decades. Will we break that hex this year? Come on back. It's the Lombardi line on the, the Sports Betting Network. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years 
and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. It is time to download Nevada's premier sports betting app, BetMGM Sports. BetMGM is all of your favorite wagering options, along with in-game betting, boosted odds specials, and much, much more. Download the BetMGM app today or stop by any MGM casino on the Strip with your state-issued ID to open up an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM's state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. If you have a problem, call one 800 522 4700. We continue the Lombardi line here on Vista Dave Ross alongside Michael Lombardi. Of course, the big news today Kyler Murray getting that big extension through 2028 in Arizona. We'll see if it does have tentacles for other guys. But as you pointed out, Michael, maybe it only affects certainly Russell Wilson and Lamar Jackson as they're looking for new deals. Uh, Lamar in Baltimore and Russell out in Denver. I did want to get back to a conversation we started with the DOC, Rick Doc Walker. In D.C., and that is the NFC East. And when I look at it here, now I don't know if you just go off the the historical connotation of it and that you just don't see teams repeating. 
And it's unlike the Patriots in the AFC, which looks like they just had a command on it until Josh Allen and the Bills are starting to, to lay that claim. Normally when you have a dynamic quarterback, as we saw with Brady, and now maybe with Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, you know, running the roost in the West, it happens for consecutive years, three, four, five-year windows. Nobody's repeated in this division in, in two decades I mean, that is an anomaly of all anomalies when you look at it. Now, the Cowboys are favored to get that done, but this was minus money before the draft, and now it's flipped to plus money for the Cowboys here at BetMGM at plus $1.20 because I think of the work that the Eagles have done, and their numbers come way down to plus $1.90. We mentioned the Commanders early in the program at 5-1 to one with Carson Wentz down at the helm and Danny Dimes in a rebuild with Brian Dable and company in New York at plus 650 Michael, when you look at this division, what do you make of it as you go into 2022? You know, I think the wild card is, first of all, whenever you look at any division as a better or as a handicapper or somebody who loves football and you want to play the games each week, you start with the quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. And the Cowboys still, the reason they're still plus 120 is because they have the best quarterback. Now, I think people are always concerned about the rest of the team with Dallas because of how they've managed it and some of the things they're going to be missing, especially with Tyrod Smith at left tackle. Can he stay healthy? This offensive line isn't as good as once was. And so, you know, where are they in all that? And is Michael Gallup going to be healthy to come through? Can, you know, can CeCe Lamb handle the being the starter? So that's a separate. Philadelphia is a really good pre-regular season team. I mean, it, they are – they can run the football effectively. Uh, their defense, to me, struggles against top-level passers. But look at their schedule. It's not that challenging. Washington – you know, I don't get Washington because if I were in Washington, I would say Frank Wright couldn't fix them. How could I fix them? Right. You know, and then there's the Giants, which people have some hope for, but I don't because I think the Giants are, you know, look, they've won 22 games in the last five years. If Brian Dayball can get up to six wins, I wrote about this today. Brian, what you have to do when you're Brian Dayball is not worry about how many wins you get. You're worried about building the right foundation. Remember Matt Nagy? Matt Nagy went 12-4 and four his first year in the league. <laughs> he did it all with trick plays, deception, easy schedule, right? Mitchell Trubisky's going to be the MVP of the league, all that stuff, right? He was oh, tremendous. Yeah. But, but he had no foundation. Do you realize the Chicago Bears, under the direction of Matt Nagy, never finished higher than 21st in yards per attempt rushing? Nice. You're in Chicago, for God's sake. you got to run the ball. you got to have something. I'm not saying you should run more than pass. I'm not. I'm saying you've got to be able to have a multidimensional game. They went 21, 21, 28, and 29 in yards per attempt. They couldn't run the ball. They couldn't run the ball. One year they had, I think they had 10 touchdowns rushing. There was no toughness to the team. So for Dayball to take over, he's got to install a system of play that will allow him to build a, a, a comprehensive team. Because when you take over a giant mess, which is what he did, 22 wins in the last five years, you got to start it right, so I don't count them. I think if you're playing them to go to the Super Bowl at 100 to one or the NFC Championship at 40 to one, you're better off, you know, giving it to St. Jude's. <laughs> and let's face it, nobody has any. Co- they don't have confidence. They don't have confidence in in, in Danny Dimes. Well, they signed Tyrod Taylor. This is the thing that blows my mind, though. And again, they're double dog daring you to take the over at seven and a half. It's it's juiced. You can get plus money, plus a dollar thirty. If you think this is an eight win football team, that seems like quite the jump. And, and I look at it and I go, okay, Brian Dable's in, which is great, but it's still Saquon Barkley who hasn't been able to stay healthy. It's still Danny Dimes, and there's a reason why they didn't pick up his fifth-year option. So he could be Sean Penn, dead man walking 
in New York and might be looking for a new home like Mitchell Trubisky did in Chicago. Now he's in Pittsburgh, right? When they did the same thing in Chicago, didn't pick up the contract, he's gone. So I look at this and I go, well, what's you talk about a foundation. The foundation of Brian Dable in Buffalo, which I think some you certainly know it, but maybe some novices look at it and go, oh, it's Josh Allen throwing them. And it was really running the football, right? Josh Allen, you mentioned this before in this program. When they went almost single wing, that's when the Bills really became almost indefensible, right? When you use Josh Allen in the run game. So can we see that same type of implementation? Because Danny Dimes does have wheels. He is athletic. Can Danny Dimes become a poor man's Josh Allen in year one for people that want to get aggressive and take the over at seven and a half wins? If they run Danny Dimes like they ran Josh Allen, there will be a stretcher, unfortunately, to come out and take him off the field. There's no chance he can stay healthy like that. There's no way. There's no way. I mean, there's no chance. I mean, uh, I mean, there's no way that could happen. In fact, if I was Danny Dimes' parent, I would yell at him for doing it. Like, there's no way you're going to treat my son. There's no way you can do that. He'll get broken in half. He doesn't have that body. But Josh Allen's a 255-pound man who's strong. The reason they do it with Josh Allen is because he's bigger than most of the guys tackling him. I mean, Danny Dimes is built, you know, I don't want to say frailly, but he's built kind of like most quarterbacks. Josh Allen's built like a linebacker. Right. So, like, you can't. So, Brian knows he can't use a run. He can run him a little bit. But once he gets his cock cleaned, you know, he's coming off the injury last year. He doesn't hold the ball well in the pocket. I think he's 39 career fumbles in, 30 some, in 38 games. Yeah. It, I mean, it, that's not, it, it, it's not there. He doesn't play fast. Look, when you evaluate a quarterback, you can't do and say, okay, this guy's no good. You know, some people think Zach Wilson's no good. All right, give him some time. Right, give them. Give you got to have at least twenty games. Why? Why do you need twenty games? Because you need to see how the defense defends them the right way. Because there's some games that don't count. Let's with Kyler Murray, right? There's some when Kyler Murray gets defended the right way and he can't answer the call. That tells you as an executive, wait a minute, I'm concerned here. The, the, if they rush us this way, we're in trouble. The biggest problem that I see too when you break it down like that is. When Danny Dimes has been the most effective is when he uses his legs. I mean, that's when he's been the most effective. So as a drop-back passer, that's where he's, he's not very good. So, like, you need to utilize his legs, but to your point, he doesn't have the body to do it like Josh Allen did it. But, like, I remember the, the Dallas game last year. The Cowboys cleaned his clock right there at the goal line. It was a scary hit. He cannot hold up. But ironically, the weight that he's effective is when he uses his legs. So it feels like a catch-22 with uh, Danny Dimes in New York. Let me go to the Cowboys very quickly because, again, nobody's repeated in this league, in this division, rather, in 20 years. And they are the favorites to do so, still at plus money. But I have a critical question that I want to ask about their quarterback, and it's the guy I call Super Dak. When Dak Prescott plays like Super Dak, they're almost unbeatable. When he's average Dak, they're, they're average. So how much of this is on Dak Prescott? Because when he got the bag and he became a $40 million man, he hasn't stayed healthy either. So he had the calf injury on the touchdown throw to C.D. Lamb in the Patriots game last year. Then he was out for a while. Cooper Rush did a good job in his stead. But Dak was not great against San Francisco when he was supposed to play great. What do you make of this team now? Ten and a half is the win total. And again, plus money at plus $1.10 if you think they can get to 11. And again, to win the East, plus $1.20. 
Well, I mean, I, I mean, I give Dak credit. Look, he's only missed. I mean, the year he missed games was when he was in twenty, when he when he had the knee injury, right. when he had when he had blew out the knee. I mean, last year, you know, he he might not have played as well in all the games, but he suited up. I think the problem with Dak is, I think a lot of it they don't understand how to get the ball down the field. I mean, what people don't realize, Dak's yards per attempt went way down last year. You know, went way down last year. He was at eight four. It went down to seven five. You know, and when he's got to be able to make plays down the field, they've got to be able to get the best player of the football. They don't do that. They run their plays. So, you know, when Dak has options to be able to handle it, I think he can be very effective. When he doesn't, I think he takes the burden of responsibility on his shoulders. I mean, and while Kellen Moore's playing Battleship over there on the sideline, he's in the basement with Madden. You know, and everybody talks about how great of a play caller he is. You know, oh, he's tremendous. He's unbelievable. Is he really? Kellen Moore playing Battleship is quite the visual. That is hysterical. But I'm with you. Just like, just figure it out. Mike, Mike McCarthy was brought in there. He was a great play caller when they won a Super Bowl in Green Mike's, Bay. Mike's, ha- Mike's hanging. Mike's working a corner at a police. He's a police officer working a corner. He's a beat cop. He's a traffic guard. He's just standing there on the sideline. He's got his <laughs> got his thing rolled up. And if anybody, if, if 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 people break curfew, he sends them home. I mean, like that's his skill set. Was right. His skill set was to call, call plays. plays. Meanwhile, he's watching Kellen Moore do it. Beef. B21. You snagged my battleship. When we come back, Michael, I'm very intrigued as a guy who, uh, boy, this time of year, when you get into training camp scenarios, as a better, what are you looking for as we get into camps that you can take away and possibly gain advantage when you watch training camp and the preseason closely? Come on back. It's the Lombardi line right here in Vston, the Sports Betting Network. Summer special is here. For only $19, you get everything VEASAN has to offer from now to the end of the month. Sign up today. You're going to get VEASAN's daily best bets, including Adam Burke's daily MLB best bets, NFL preseason coverage, premium articles on golf, UFC, and NASCAR. So if you want that full VEASAN experience, which features a daily best bets email, every edition of Points Spread Weekly, use of our betting tools, and a live video stream whenever you want it. The cost is only $19 to be a subscriber through July 31st. So sign up now at VEASAN.com slash summer. Back alongside Michael Lombardi, I am Dave Ross. Going to have Amal Shaw join us uh, later on in this hour. Michael, I, I went on Twitter during the break, and I saw people already tweeting out out here in Sin City pictures of Devontae Adams and Derek Carr, and it's getting the Raider faithful all fired up as we got camp. I drove by their facility today. They got everybody in tow. The Raiders are yeah. underway. So they look like a, a, a team to, to watch out for in the West. We'll get to that and what you look for uh, now as we get to training camps here. But this is something that Matt Santos in the break also shared with me. And this is a conversation, as you well know, that has been had for decades, as long as I can remember, in the NFL. It's the idea of full-time officials, right? And you look at some of the, the occupations that some of these officials have, like, say, Brad Allen, ninth year in the NFL as a referee, the head of a nonprofit CEO, uh, Rick Patterson's a banker. Uh, we got uh, college professors. We've got uh, lawyers. We've got sales reps. Normally, what we're getting at here is the second job is the refing job. And the other job, normally they're doing pretty good. Maybe they don't have to worry about ends meeting. Do you think that the idea, the notion of full-time refs is, it feels like it's been put on the back burner. But for a while, 
that really came front and center. You can go to any game, and certainly even the last two minutes of the Super Bowl, and say this was poorly officiated, and it cost my team X. Would full-time officials solve it, or is it something that really is a conversation that doesn't really matter if they're full-time or not? I don't think it matters if they're full-time. I think the biggest gap between the officiating and the, and the, the game is they don't understand the game. They just don't understand the game. Like, for example, I, I can remember talking to the great Mike Pereira. We were playing Kansas City, and, and it was a Sunday night game, and Lamont Jordan takes an inside run-back power play, and he runs it, and he scores a touchdown, and we get called for holding on the play. Well, the player that we got called for holding of used what we call a wrong-arm technique. He took his outside shoulder and buried it into the, the, the blocker. And so the blocker just kind of almost looks like he tackles him. When a player gives himself up, you can't be called for holding. Okay? But they did when I said Mike, the guy was wrong arm techniquing, he said, I don't know what that is. Oh. There's the disconnect. That's not Mike's fault. That's not Mike's fault. They take the attitude we're enforcing the rules. But if they don't understand how the rules are being taught, there's a gap. Right? There's a huge gap. And so the lack of knowledge and understanding of what the coaches are teaching. And how the teaching is being implemented into the game. Like, there should be no way, you know, that you're you're going to call pass interference away from where the quarterback has, not, not that he's turned, but a, an illegal chuck when the ball's already gone. Like, come on. On the opposite have side of the field. Sense. Right. Yeah. yeah, I have common sense. Like, let the players play the game. Don't have two sets of rules. Like, for example, there's no chance that, you know, that some of these games that would have happened in the regular season would have, like San Francisco Green Bay, that, that game probably the way San Francisco played them, they couldn't have played them that way in the regular season. They would have, called, the game, they would have called more penalties. Sure, they let them play. Right, exactly. And, and so you don't think full-time officials solves that gap? No. That doesn't... I don't think so. I think you could do training in two weeks. Mm. I think we, like most things, we focus on what, what you know, the biggest challenge in any, I wrote this today for the VEASAN, the challenge everybody has in coaching football is, is, is understanding what the job is and what it isn't, right? And if you don't understand being an officiator, is understand the methods and teaching of the coaches, of the coaches, then, you know, I think you're, you're, you're just missing the whole thing. You don't, you, if you're just going to dictate the rules and you don't understand all the intricacies that go into it, I think it's a huge mistake. You know, I, I, I'm a big fan of NFL films, and obviously whenever you have the coaches mic'd up, I can go back to Jerry Glanville when he was coach of the Falcons and he's doing a game in Dallas and he's getting on the official. And he says, where are you from? And the official says Dallas. He goes, how the hell do I get an official in Dallas for a game against the Cowboys? It feels like it's, it's an argument as old as the game itself, that the officiating when I was coach or when I was playing was terrible. Has it gotten worse, or is this kind of par for the course, and we've seen it kind of throughout time? Look, we had, Walt, we had uh, Larry Nemers. He's from Springfield, yeah. Missouri. He, he refereed three consecutive games when the Chiefs hosted the Raiders in Kansas City. And I called Mike, Mike, Mike on the phone. I said, Mike, how can this be? Like, Larry Nemers is from Springfield. Like, are we having trouble getting flights? Is it too hard for – is it inconvenient for Larry to go out of state? I mean, is he under surveillance? I don't know. Like, you know, 
And, but yet, it, so I, I, they try. Sometimes they make mistakes, too. Like, you know, sometimes they make mistakes. Right. But I think with, like, Brad Allen, he can't wait to referee. I mean, Brad Allen was the most, I think he was, he called more penalties than anybody last year. Like, he honestly thinks people were watching his nonprofit when he was refereeing. <laughs> like, they think people were paying to see him. No, Brad, we don't want to see you. Yeah, I, I just want a clean game. I think and that's, that's the problem. Yeah, that's the one thing that that I I just hope the officials can understand. Again, Jerry Glanville accused that ref of being best friends with next door neighbors with Jerry Jones, but like the final two minutes of the Super Bowl, like you you didn't call anything leading up to it. It was a really well officiated game in my estimation up until the, the, the deciding two minutes. Like if you just step back and realize we we just we can live with contact. And you can debate if a non-call is made, but I think when the call is made, and we're going back to the Rams and getting a fresh set of downs and then scoring on the play to Cooper Cup, I think they called a holding. It was, it was a, a pretty egregious call in my estimation, which would have forced a fourth down for the Rams instead of giving them the new set of downs. Could have cost the Bengals the Super Bowl. But I think we can live with letting the guys play, even if it's overly physical, versus calling ticky-tack things in critical situations. Is that fair? Yeah, I mean, but look, you can't miss a false start. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you can't miss a false start. Yes. Like, you can't miss that, right? And so, like, you, you got to be on that. You can't you can't be refereeing at the highest level of the sport in the most important game and miss and miss the most elementary call of all of refereeing. Yeah, that, and that was, cost them the game. That cost the Bengals that, big time. That cost them the game. If you go back five yards there, you know, the play's going to get blown dead there. Right. So the play gets blown dead. That, that, that's one that I'm sure Bengal fans are not going to soon forget, and, and it's a tough one uh, and a tough pill to swallow. But, again, they don't have full-time officials as of yet. Again, I, I'm with you. I don't know if it solves the problem, but I think people think that's the, that's the magic pill. That's the elixir. Just make them full-time. Take them, don't be a CEO nonprofit. Don't be a banker or a lawyer. Be in this 24-7, and then maybe you'll know the rules better, and then maybe officiate it differently. But I think you're saying that's, you, can do, you can do that in two weeks. You don't have to give up yeah, the full-time I, gig. I mean, I think there's no doubt. I mean, look, think about this. It was third and eight in that game. It mm. was 147 to go in the game, and they missed the false start. So now it's going to be third and 13 from the 19. Oof. Right? That, that is a huge I mean, excuse difference. me, third and th- – excuse it's going to be third and 13 from the 13. Right, third that's and a whole, That's a – that's a that's a changing now. Does he go for it on fourth down? I mean, he missed that call. He misses that call. And whether you're a full time referee or you're not, you should make that call. You can't so miss how that. is being full time going to change that? I mean, you're looking right down the line. I mean, that's the that's the job. Both tackles moved. They have the line moved. And you called the penalty on 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 Logan Wilson for the you know for a Cup coming across him for I the mean, hold. Actually, I thought Logan Wilson had good position. He was entitled to that spot. I mean, think of that. That that changes the entire complexion of the final two minutes. Rams more than likely, if they don't get it on third and goal from the thirteen, are then go- if they call the false start, then the holding never happens. And then all of a sudden, you get a, a fourth down, probably kicking the field goal. I'm assuming Sean McVay, and maybe we're going to overtime. No, he couldn't kick the he couldn't kick the field goal, Joe uh, David, because he's got now it's it's. The score's 20 to 16. Oh, they, 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 right. They, they're down four. So they got to go for it. They're down four. He's got to go for it. Now he's got to go for it. The game could have ended right there. Yeah, it changes. But then it didn't end, and you still had time. I mean, they still had time to get back in it. But, of course, you know, ask Zach, you know, Zach, Zach would you like to have your best running back on the – no, no, just keep Perrine out there. No big deal. <laughs> 
excuse me. That's a tough pill to swallow. Uh, as somebody who had the Bengals, by the way, too. Uh, very quickly. I mean, think about this. You wonder why the Rams are so are not over the top in their win total. I mean, think about it. They had everything go right in this game. They were minus two in the turnover takeaway. Yes. And they still won the game. It was good fortune. I'm not taking anything away from the Rams. They won the game. But the Bengals, which had been a lucky team up until that point, finally got unlucky in a game. Very quickly, I think Wes Reynolds and you, certainly in the network, I'm always intrigued each and every Sunday. You guys look at the officials for your handicaps. And it's wise to do so, correct? Because you know certain officials, they're going to let them play, and certain officials that just are not. Yeah, I mean, but but the problem with just looking at the official is if you don't know who the who the back judge is, if you don't know who the umpire is, they control too. You got to know all of them. It just isn't this crew. You right. got to know the crew. Fascinating, and I'm sorry, Bengals. I'm sure that that's opening up a, a can of pain that you probably were trying to forget there for a little bit. When we come back, Amal Shaw is going to join the program. We'll talk all things going on in college football and get his top five teams. Come on back, it's the Lombardi on Beeson, the Sports Betting Network. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. 
In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks, unleashes the spirit of Las Vegas with BetMGM Rewards. Every time you make a wager at BetMGM, you're going to earn BetMGM Rewards points that you can redeem for online bonus credits like free bets and risk-free tokens. Planning a trip to Vegas? Come on out. Convert those BetMGM points into MGM Rewards points that you can use towards dining shows and hotel rooms at over 20 MGM Resort properties located in the Las Vegas Strip and nationwide. BetMGM Rewards is sports betting's premier loyalty program featuring exclusive offers, incredible experiences, and valuable perks when you wager on the BetMGM app. Sign up with BetMGM or log on today to get an even bigger piece of the action with BetMGM Rewards. Eligible restrictions to apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Please gamble responsibly. If you have a problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Back alongside Michael Lombardi, I am Dave Ross. This is the Lombardi Line. And what a pleasure it is to have Amal Shaw join the program now, of course, the co-host of Odds On here at VEASAN. Amal, I always enjoy doing the shows with you. Thanks for jumping, uh, jumping on with Michael and I to talk a little college football today. Uh, thanks for having me on. I, I, I'm assuming we're probably going to go Kyler Murray and the mayor of Munchkinville first. <laughs> well, we've been talking Munch- about yeah. money. We've been talking about money a lot with that new deal. What do you make of it? 
Uh, well, I want to allow Michael to speak first, and then I, I want to give a, a <laughs> oh, I've one already, positive I've already, rebuttal. I hate it. Amal, I hate the deal. I think it's ridiculous. First of all, I think one of the things no one will discuss is the fact the object of drafting a quarterback in the first round is to then have a cheap contract for five years as you build your team around him so that when he has to get paid, if he's good enough, you've got a really good team. Mm -hmm. And so the Cardinals decide to sign a lot of older players, have really bad drafts, and then give him an extension two years before they have to. I think it's ridiculous. Michael, now you know why I rip certain general managers. Why are you paying this guy two years early? What has justified his play? This is not Justin Herbert, and let's say Justin Herbert has a year similar to what he had last year. You'd be more than happy to pay Justin Herbert. But why pay a guy with two years remaining, a fifth-year option being the first overall pick? I don't understand this. This makes no sense. And you can make the argument, well, in two years, he's going to cost more money. I would rather pay more money at that point in time than overpay for a guy right now guaranteeing $160 million dollars a guy who's going to make $46.1 million, I'm sure you guys have discussed it, but Elliot Bauman mentioned to me that the Oakland A's payroll this year is 48.5. I just don't get it mm. for a quarterback who's somewhere between 10 and 20 in the NFL, uh, and I'm probably being kind in the, t- in the 11 range, but let's be real here, probably somewhere between 14 and 20. Why pay him all this money? What's the purpose? Let's see what you get out of the next two years from him before you decide to ink him to a long-term deal. I totally agree, gentlemen. Again, it's the question that we're asking. Why? What's the rush? Why the rush to get that done? But it is done. It is going to keep him there in Arizona through 2028. Let's stay on the money theme here, gentlemen. And Amal, this was, a, I thought, would be the big news of the day, at least in college football, and that's Kirby Smart. A 10-year deal worth a total of $112.5 million, making him one of the highest-paid coaches now in college football. And I look at Georgia, reigning, defending national championships, uh, is now Kirby Smart. He's a made man. Uh, does this move make sense to you? And do they just reload now in Georgia, a la the Alabamas of the world? Yeah, I still think you're a step away from being Alabama. They won the national title last year, and you can still make the argument if Jamison Williams doesn't go down that Alabama could have won that game. Uh, but, you know, the one thing I would point out is that, boy, this is a lot of money you're asking to have the, your, your donors pony up. Now, I think at Georgia it's easy. You've got a lot of alums that are, you know, very close by there in Atlanta, and they haven't won in 41 years, so everybody's willing to overpay at the right time. They, they got this deal done. But I'll tell you what, I, I just don't understand the concept of giving these such long-term deals on these coaches. But I think if there's any coach you look at from a youth standpoint, success standpoint, Kirby Smart's been in two national title games, had immense success. I think he's got to be number one on that list of coaches that you would look to retain long-term. Yeah, I mean, I think, look, the other thing I don't think fans really understand about what what is all happening is the evaluation of what it does for the school. And, and how much this football program and what Kirby Smart has done with the basketball program has affected the school. I mean, you know, back in the day, you know, first of all, Georgia is almost impossible to get into, even for Georgia kids. Mm. It's become so popular for kids around the country to want to go to Georgia, to want to be between the hedges. And is that because of of the the academics, probably, but a lot of it is because of the awareness that happens on Saturday afternoon on CBS when they cover the Southeast Conference. Same thing at Alabama. I mean, the great Bear Bryant, I mean, look, you know, until he started to wear a houndstooth, nobody wore houndstooth, right? <laughs> and now you can't find, now there's houndstooths all over. No, it's true. 
I mean, he changed his wardrobe one day, and all of a sudden it took off. Since and he wore that hat. Yes. I mean, he got pulled over by the police. By the police, as the police officer was walking towards the car, and his driver Billy, he put his hat in the back seat, and the the, the cop turned around and walked away. So th- <laughs> there is something about the eccentric value these guys bring to the school. Well, let me ask a question about Kirby here, Amal, because the report is today is that the world's greatest outdoor cocktail party, Georgia, Florida, Georgia, Florida line, right? That Kirby wants to make this now going forward. Instead of doing it on a neutral field in Jacksonville, he wants to do home and homes. So go down there to Gainesville and then you come to Uga. Do you think that's a good idea? And does that help recruiting? Well, I don't think it matters for recruiting. I think you look at it from an economic standpoint for the athletic department. I mean, having a game at Georgia, I don't know what they're charging per ticket right now, but Sanford holds, what, about 90-plus thousand, slightly over 90,000. I mean, you sell out that stadium, and you're talking about on an average, you're looking probably at a ticket cost of $75, including student tickets combined with donor tickets. So you would do extremely well. It might be even higher than that at this point in time, but uh, I, I think that there's an opportunity where they can make a lot of money. I, I think where you split it with Florida there, there's no reason to do it. You'd rather have the full boat of it. Uh, for one year, take a year off, and then get your money the second year. So I, I get I get where he's coming from. But I want to go back quickly to the point uh, Michael made. You know, Michael, I would say this. I don't think it's just University of Georgia or Alabama nowadays. I think every college and, you know, parents dealing with teenagers right now, going through, talking to friends of mine whose kids are going to school, they've gone to some really noteworthy prep schools in the Los Angeles area, and they can't even get into certain colleges. It's become so competitive across the board. But to Michael's point, one other thing where I think it's a positive with Georgia is when Michael Vick and Virginia Tech made it to the national title game and lost to Florida State in 99, the next year, their donations increased mm-hmm. 7x compared to the previous year. So I think the amount of money you bring in is immense from a donation standpoint, and you get a lot more visibility for your university. There's no question about it. Yeah, no doubt about it, gentlemen. I couldn't the, the agree more. The platform that it puts you right. on is just remarkable. Yes. And they're, they're like what Nick Saban has been able to do for Alabama. You know, it, it, people say it makes too much money to be a football coach. Well, like look at the, the money that he brings into the school. Look at the tuition rates that have gone up because of it. I mean, Alabama isn't like a, a very friendly out-of-state school. It's, it's like it's expensive. And I think that this is all tied to the exposure. I'm not saying it's tied to just football. It's tied to the exposure. I mean, you don't think kids want to go to Ole Miss and be a part of the Grove mm. when they watch game day go down there and celebrate? Of course they do. Yeah, no question about yeah, it, gentlemen. I forgot the name of the president of the University of Alabama. He said the greatest investment Alabama's ever made has been Nick Saban, not because of the national titles, to your point. It just changed the dynamic of everything across the board. I don't think people realize how big the exposure is, especially with how much we see coverage nowadays. Think about this on a, on a Saturday when you're watching football. You'll see a highlight of a game. And you think, oh, so-and-so scored. You've already actually seen that play seven times, but you're paying attention to another game, so you're not sure if it's alive or if it's – I mean, the name – you talk about marketing and getting the name and the brands out there. It's immense right now. Yeah, so maybe it's money well spent, certainly, for Kirby Smart at yeah. Georgia. This is a conversation you had with Mike Palm on Odds On, and I want to get to it very quickly here, Mom, the time that we have remaining. Your top five teams in college football. And I think people understand Alabama being number one for you mm-hmm. and Ohio State, too. Clemson is at three. And then Georgia, the aforementioned there, is at four. It's five I want to discuss. It's Utah. It's the Utes. Yeah. Tell me about Utah and why you have them in the top five in your power rankings. 
Well, first of all, because I know more than the AP poll voters. That's the first reason. And second <laughs> is because Agreed. the reality of it is if, if Utah didn't play a historically great wide receiver in, J- in, in Jackson Smith and Jigba and a quarterback who's going to be drafted among the first two QBs probably taken in next year's draft, Utah was tremendous in that football game. It gets overlooked because they came up a little bit short. But if the Utes won that game, the perception, Michael, coming into the season is completely different. You've got one of the best coaches. I mean, Kyle Whittingham's been doing it there since, what, 2005 at Utah, consistently done a great job. They've got a better quarterback in rising ever since they replaced him in the second half against San Diego State when they replaced Brewer. And then uh, Clark Phillips, an unknown uh, guy for many people. But when you look in the secondary, this kid's an absolute stud. They're going to out-physical an SEC team down in the swamp the first weekend of the season. Kyle Whittingham's team will be ready to go. I I think this is a complete football team. They get USC at home at Rice-Eccles this year. They don't have to go to um, Los Angeles. And overall, I don't think there's any other team in the Pac-12 that's really necessarily on their level. How many other teams when you look at I know everybody in the SEC stadiums chants SEC except Alabama. And the reason is because Alabama and Georgia are the guys that allow you to chant SEC. <laughs> and it's funny to me that everybody wants to ride the coattails of everyone else. But there's a lot of other teams that would be just fine in that league. But everybody wants to give A&M credit. They're paying Jimbo like he's Nick Saban. But the problem is you're going to wind up with an 8-4 and four season. I don't really think there's that many other teams that are at that level this year. And I think Alabama and Ohio State. They're so far ahead of the number three team, Clemson and and, um, Georgia or Utah. I think those teams are closer to 10 than those guys are closer to two. Uh, Very well said. Thanks, Amal. Appreciate you, man. I'll I'll catch up with you again soon on Saturdays, my friend. Uh, Keep holding it down with Mike Palm over there at Circa. Michael, enjoyed the conversation as well. Thanks to Rick Doc Walker. Keep it locked and loaded right here on the Cindy Sports Betting Network. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.